0: The heart of the stars, the stars, the Jesus.
1: Since the inns were crowded on on the night that Jesus was born, the stables must have been crowded too. The animals could have refused to share their manger, but in their own way, the friendly beasts gave Jesus the best they had. The same is this and they were, is and they were in the same country. Shepherds are abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them in the glory, and the Lord shone around about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, behold I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in this city of David a savior which is Christ the Lord and this shall be a sign unto you ye shall find the babe wrapped in swollen clothes lying in a manger without an ending. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. His gift to us is everlasting life. But to receive his gift we must put our trust in Jesus as our Savior and Lord. And when we give in when we trust in Jesus, we give him the very best gift we could ever give him, ourselves.
2: they liked it out there. What do you think? Yeah? They liked it. Yeah. Well, I liked it a lot. That was fantastic. I want to thank the kids for the hard work that they put in over the last several weeks. And that paid off. They sounded good, right? It was good. Right on. And uh, they're going to come and find their parental units, whoever that may be this morning. I want to give a special thanks to Karen uh, Simmons. She was our director. She had a couple of helpers with her along the way, uh, Ms. Sheila Baker and Ms. Haley Baker as well. Anybody else that you wanna recognize? Oh, well, yeah, there was a band. That was um, yeah, they, I mean, thank you, everybody, for uh, letting your, your kids be with us and be a part of it and for making sure they got here when they needed to be and all that stuff. Um, That's great. I've had a great weekend, man. We had two DeCapo concerts this week. Uh, that's uh, for those of you who don't know. Uh, we sponsor, through the use of our facility, a community choir that's made up of high school and college students. Uh, it's kind of a an upper-level choral music uh, group. Uh, you have to audition to get in, and uh, they presented their concert the last two nights. We had almost 400 people here over the last couple of nights uh, for those concerts, and uh, that was a fantastic time. And. Uh, I've, I've, just, I've gone home the last two weekends with going around town, seeing some, some plays, and seeing some concerts, and then being here this morning, I'm just, I'm filled with the Christmas joy, right? It's exciting. It's good stuff, and uh, I'm glad you're here to share it with me. So I'm not going to take a lot of your time this morning. Uh, the children were really the focus, and I want to continue that a little bit. But we're in the third week of Advent, and each week we've been uh, showing a video that emphasizes one of the psalms that goes along uh, with the theme of the different weeks of Advent, and this week's theme is love. First first weekend of Advent is usually hope, that we're looking forward to a Messiah, and then peace, the desire for the Messiah to come and bring peace to our lives, peace on earth, peace to the world, and then that the way in which he does that, the Bible reveals to us, is God does that because he loves us. He wants to, to pour his love out onto the world for us to receive it, and then in turn for us to go and give that love to the world. And so... Uh, these psalms, the psalms that they've, they've chosen uh, for this season, this year, are interesting to me uh, because they don't sometimes seem to, to line up with the theme. And so you've got to stretch a little bit to figure out what uh, the folks who kind of put these together. And there are a lot of churches around the world even today using these same passages. And so I want to read this passage uh, for you, uh, with you. We've got a short video. And then, uh, it's just some brief remarks after that, so I'm not gonna take a lot of your time, all right? So let's look at this. If you wanna look on the screen, you can follow with me. And if you brought a Bible, you're certainly welcome to read along here as well. When the Lord restored the fortune to Zion, we were like those who dreamed. And then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Now the last two weeks, the Psalms that we looked at were a lot of, uh, if, if I can paraphrase, they were a lot of, things are really terrible right now. Life is hard. We wish we could see the Messiah now, and we're hoping for the future, but if he, if he could come right now, this would be fantastic, because it would, it would solve so many of our problems in our lives, and... And we're at war with our neighbors, and we're at war with one another. And I feel like sometimes when I think about those themes, that that kind of describes our world today. That, that old saying, the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? And I found in myself, as, as we've gone through this these past uh, couple of weeks, that I'm, I'm desiring more of the presence of God in my life and in my world. And I'm not talking about religion. Because religion tends to sometimes divide us, right? But Jesus said that he came that we might uh, live life abundantly and live it together. He He said he came to bring not necessarily peace among humanity, but peace with him. And that if everyone would pursue peace with him, then that would result in peace for humanity. And then here in this psalm, we see the writer uh, remembering a time now where at one time they felt, the people felt that they were far away from God. Things weren't good. Life was difficult. Uh, Their enemies were attacking them. But then there came a time, as the writer just said, when, when God restored the nation of Israel. And then their mouths were filled with laughter. They shouted with joy. the people around them, those nations around them that they used to be at war with, the writer here says, looked at them and said, wow, look at what God has done. And I have a desire in my heart for myself and for you that God would do such great work in you and in me and us together that people would look at us and go, wow, look at what God has done. And if God does that for us, we should be like these people that look and then say, the Lord has done great things for us. And we're glad. We're thankful. It makes us happy to see God's interaction in our lives and to see the things that he does for us. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. And he who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home bringing with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. There's this principle here That that's kind of that idea, and this, this is really the underlying theme of Advent. Uh, one of the reasons we don't tend to sing a lot of Christmas carols before Christmas Eve is because the idea of Advent is, is we're remembering that for a long time, the Bible says that the world was in darkness waiting for the Messiah, and that eventually he arrived. And so we want to remember that in our lives personally, there was a time for us when there was, there was a season before we really understood our faith in Jesus Christ. It was a time When even if we didn't know it, our beings, created in the image of God, were yearning for and longing for the presence of God. We were longing for the Messiah. And I know you, uh, maybe like me and many others, that time, and maybe you're in that season now, you're going, man, I'm not seeing it. And you can identify with the writer here who says that in that season before this harvest comes, before this gift comes that the kids talked about. There can be a lot of weeping. There can be a lot of sorrow. There can be a lot of sadness. But this text here is really giving us promise to each one of us that if we will, if we will seek the Lord, if we will desire Him, if we will hope for Him to show His love towards us and that we might love Him back, Says that those tears that we sow, they're, they're like seeds. They're like seeds planted in the ground that will bring forth instead joy. As Christians, the Bible gives us a mandate about this love that God has shown to us. And it's expressed like this. Uh, there was a time, <coughs> excuse me, there was a time that Jesus was, <coughs> was teaching among the people and the the Pharisees, the religious leaders, came to him, and they did this often. They would throw out a question that's kind of like a trick. Um, and, and this was the trick question today. Uh, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Because, of course, the idea was that let's, let's just go with the Ten Commandments, right? Who picks, who picks one of those that's the best? Like, they're, they're, they don't really come in degrees, They're they're just all commandments that God gave and said these are are things that you should incorporate into your life in ways that you should live, the way that you should treat God, the way that you should treat one another. And so they're throwing this question out to him sort of to to trick him because they were always trying to find a way to discredit who he was and what he was doing. But Jesus never took the bait. He always answered the question so brilliantly, and he went right back to the beginning, which uh, actually goes back before the Ten Commandments, and he said this to them. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And Jesus said that with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind because he wanted to be clear. He's saying you should love God with everything there is about you. Whatever you think, whatever you say, however you feel. The things that you do with your hands. The things that run through your brain. All of those ways. Everything about you, your Mm -hmm. being. Down to like the cell level. If you want to follow the greatest command, if you want to be the most obedient that you can be to a holy God, is love him. It's a great answer. It it really does go back before the 10 commandments. In fact, if you take the 10 commandments, you can sort of slice them in half. There's there's about five and five. And five of those are things like, uh, remember the Sabbath? There's no other God but Jehovah. Those kinds of things. There's five of them that relate to our relationship to God. How we love God. But then Jesus continued in this conversation. So he said the greatest commandment is with everything you've got, love God. And then he said this. He said that is the the great and first commandment. And he said but there's a second one. that I want to make sure you take note of. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now, he's, he's talking to religious people, so the reason he says these depend on the law and the prophets is because these guys are very learned, they're very educated, they know the law back and forth, they know every word that the prophets wrote down and, and said about how the people uh, of Israel should behave and how they should act and how they should uh, interact with God. And so he says to them, He's, he's kind of giving a signal there. He says, "Look, I understand where you're coming from, but you need to hear me, and this is the truth. The greatest thing that any of us can achieve in our lives as humans here on this earth is to love God with everything that we have." And then the the hand in hand, hand in glove, is then look at one another sitting next to you. Think about the people across the street. Uh, at your house. Think about the people at the grocery store and the ones that you encounter on the road who drive you crazy and don't know how to drive when it's slippery outside. And love them. And love them. It's, um, <laughs> it's been kind of a weird summer around here. Uh, things have come and gone. People have come and gone. Uh, some of that's been difficult. Some of that's been uh, painful. Uh, well, the ones going has been painful. The ones who have come to us have been joyous, yeah? This last week, uh, I was thinking through some of this, and uh, we were preparing for this this morning, really gonna focus on the kids, right? It's all about uh, the kids choir this morning, and they've been working hard, and, and we've invested a lot in children's ministry over the last year, and I have some friends that, that decided to go another way this past summer who one of the things was too much focus on the kids. And then I have some other friends that left this summer who said, I'm "Not going to focus on the kids." And now you know why I have no hair. <laughs> you got it. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> people are messy. I'm messy. I bet you are a little bit too. And that's just the way it is but all we can do here at Christ Community Church and all I can do in my individual life is pursue these two things as hard as I can. And, and, the, and, and I just try to seek God and say, well, what do you want me to do? And then, and then I pray for us and I say, what do you want us to do? And so we just try, we're trying to run at those things as hard as we can because we want to be faithful to this idea of loving God as much as we can with everything that we are, everything that we do. And I think in an earthly sense, and we think, okay, well, how do I, how do I show my love for God? I think the reason Jesus followed that up with this second part is what He's trying to tell us is the way that you show that you love me is you love each other. See, He says this later. Um, it's, it's it's in Scripture later. it says, by this one thing, by this, I feel like curly and city slickers. By this one thing, I know a lot of you are so young, you have no idea what I just said. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> you know, Jason and I have been uh, working together for more than 20 years, and, and we're both old now. Um, and occasionally we have this coffee thing that we do, and, and some people come and join us, and sometimes they're younger, and we'll talk about things, and they'll look at us like, what? And we just say, write that down, go home and look it up, because it's important. Jesus says, that's a rabbit, Uh, Jesus says this one thing will show other people that you are my disciples, that you have love for each other. It's not grand buildings, it's not uh, great programs. Uh, Those can be vehicles to demonstrate the love, but underneath of it has to be the love. Otherwise it's just junk. And so that's why we set aside a whole Sunday this morning for our kids to ah, celebrate and praise and sing and do great things, and we celebrate them. And then uh, this past week, uh, we had some of our friends from the Faith Christian Co-op homeschool folks come, and they've done a painting out here in our entryway that was covered up when you came in this morning. But when you leave this morning, you're going to be able to see it. And it's done in the style of an an artist named Hutu Vasa, and he was... Uh, very much involved in um, like environmental issues and and uh, protecting the earth and and trying to make sure that we didn't pave over every single tree that's out there in the world, you know that kind of stuff and, uh, and a lot of care for fellow for fellow man for for one another and so he would do these big murals in this particular style and so uh, they asked me several weeks ago, and I, I didn't ask anyone else if I could do this so uh, um, <laughs> because there's a point to it, and it's this. Look, some of you are gonna walk out there and you're gonna look at that and you're going, whoa, ah, that's not my thing. And some of you, because I've already had it, people who, had, who, who previewed it this week walking, in and going, dude, that's so cool, right? Which reveals something about our world. There are some things we're gonna like, and there are some things we're not gonna like. But in the midst of those things, we have a commandment. To love every one of those people who do or don't like whatever it is we do or don't like. Because at the end of the day, I have to remind myself all the time, it's not about me. It's about him. And so why do we, why do we provide this opportunity for these kids to do this? Because we love them. We, really, we love them. Why well, provide this opportunity for these students who are learning about this artist to put it into practice and see how it works. And uh, uh, I, I don't know if some of our artists are here today. If they are, I, I'd love for them to go and hang out here so that you can talk to them. Um, Jennifer Stratton headed this up, and Morgan uh, Stratton did a lot of the work with her. Her, her daughter, Bob, painted some wall out there, uh, which was, if you want to know the backstory there, we can talk about it later. <laughs> but. Uh, I love it. It's cool. It's not going to stay there forever, but it incorporates our mission as a church. And our mission as a church comes exactly from this place and is exactly driven by this third week of Advent. Love. Love for one another. Our church mission in its compact statement is love God, love people. And every single thing we try, we we do, we try to make sure it, it connects to that. And if it doesn't, we don't do it. Or if it's not doing that anymore, we get rid of it. Because we want to be effective at loving God and loving one another. And so it's going to stay up there for several weeks probably. You're going to walk by there and you're going to see that theme up there, Love God, Love People. I wanted to remind you every time you come in and out these doors that it's not about this place. It's not about what you do or you don't like. It's not about what you think you want or what I think I want or what I think you want or any of that stuff. It is about a singular purpose, and that is to love God with everything we have. And the best way I know to do that is to love one another. And so that's my wish for you this Advent Sunday as we, as we prepare for uh, Christmas Eve uh, service next Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, right here, right here in this space. It's going to be a lot of music, a lot of fun, candlelight. It's always a a beautiful time to be together. I hope that you'll come back and join us. But the baby comes in the manger like we heard today. He's Jesus. He's God in the flesh. And he comes for one purpose. To show to us, to offer to us, God's love. In the hopes that we will love him back with everything that we have. And in so doing, love one another. I'm glad that you've been here with us this morning. Would you stand for a closing prayer? Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause the light of his face to shine upon you. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you peace. Father, I know that there might be some people who stayed home today because they knew it was Children's Choir Sunday. I'm not going to pray for it, but I might hope they stub their toe. Because they missed out. Because this was good, and it was blessed, and it was beautiful, and it was love for one another. And I wish everyone would get that. I wish everyone could have that. Help us, help us to be people who love you with all that we have. And that we, we reach out across the aisles, and across the counters, and across the streets to our neighbors and extend that same love. Lord in this season when it, it can be so easy and, and I, I do have the Christmas joy but man we've been busy and sometimes it's hard to, to, to keep that and to take a break and remember the real reason for the moment. Lord I pray that you'll, uh, you'll just invade our moments from here on out on through Christmas and even the weeks beyond to remind us that we are loved by you and may we in turn Truly, deeply, love you in return, and our neighbors as well. In Jesus' name.